Welcome to Courtside, a discussion of the legal mess that Donald Trump is in. It's obviously a historic day. Donald Trump's been impeached. Vote was very strong, 232 to 197. For the first time ever, a president not loved twice, which is what he sure wishes, but impeached twice. First time in history. Donald Trump's legacy, such as it was, is destroyed. And the vote took place today under very dramatic circumstances. Consider first the location, which is chilling if you think about it. The debate was on the hallowed floors of Congress, the place of debate after debate over our nation's history, but it's also an active crime scene right now. And second, the debate was taking place against the backdrop of thousands of federal troops in the United States Capitol safeguarding everyone projected to be as many as 15,000 troops. Right now, there are far more troops in Washington, D.C. than in Iraq, Syria, and Afghanistan combined. And this debate took place against, uh, this debate took place during a big swing against Donald Trump and popular opinion. Indeed, 52.6% of Americans support removing Donald Trump from office right now. Look, he can finally say he won the popular vote. But also, there were 10 Republicans, 10, that sided with impeachment. It may not sound like a lot, but we saw the most bipartisan impeachment vote in United States history today. It sounds like killing to me. I mean, really, I never thought I'd live to see the day that I'd support a Cheney advocating regime change. The arguments by Donald Trump's defenders were so weak. I mean, and the White House didn't even really bother trying to defend the conduct, and neither did the members of Congress. They fell into five buckets. One was, we need time to investigate and talk to witnesses, interview them, and so on. I mean, now these people want witnesses and stuff? Do these people have any shame? These are the exact same people who said last time around, a year around, a year ago, we can't have a trial. Witnesses will be distracting, take too long. We don't need to and so on. Look, there's no need for some extensive investigation here. The president's actions speak for themselves. Now, to be sure, if this were a criminal case and you had to get at that notion of mens rea, criminal intent, you might need to interview people, get access to Trump's emails, texts, and so on, um, which would be uh, frightening. But you don't have to do that here because he's not being impeached for a crime. He's being impeached for, unco- for conduct unbecoming a president. And look, maybe if he'd shown extreme contrition in the past week and said, I got this all wrong and so on, I didn't intend this and, you know, horrible stuff happened and I regret things and so on. But this is the guy who, as we talked about yesterday, said every word and sentence people say about what I said in my speech is correct and the like. So he really lost that chance, you know, and, um, you know, that I think is uh, really, really disqualifying for the idea that we need to have some sort of, you know, big extensive investigation. He's given us no reason for the investigation. What's it going to uncover? Okay, the second thing that the Republicans said today was, well, the Democrats are responsible for violence, the Black Lives Matter protests uh, in Portland, and so on. My God, what both sidesism. This was an attack on the very seat of our government. Five people are dead. And I don't mean at all to minimize any other violence, but this attack is on a coordinate branch of government 
instigated by the president. And it wasn't like Congress was just like sitting around doing what they normally do, which is like debate what day National Turkey Day should be or something. They were on January 6th doing the most sacred duty. They were counting our votes and pronouncing the next president. And this guy, Donald Trump, wanted to interfere with that. And this wasn't some instigation of violence by a group of ordinary citizens. This was by the highest official in the land. To say these two things are comparable is like idiotic. Third argument. They said Trump today, Republicans today said Trump used standard language in his speech, not violent speech. I mean, heavens me. I don't know what kind of standard language these Republicans are talking about. Who talks this way? Certainly no president talks this way, but I don't think a normal person, no decent person talks this way. And look, I think if you want to pretend these are the lyrics to some song or something that Trump sent uh, said on January 6th, I guess. But this was the president of the United States talking as the president of the United States. And remember, doing so after, on December 1st, Gabe Sterling, that Georgia official, said directly to the president and to the cameras on national TV, Mr. President, tell people to stop. Someone is going to get hurt. Someone's going to get shot. Someone is going to get killed. So that was their third great argument. Fourth argument, Republicans said, well, there's too little time left because Trump's term is over. These are the same jokers who said, you know, back a year ago, we'll wait for the election. We'll make that a referendum on whether or not Trump should be retained in office. So then he loses the election. Then they say, well, he can't be impeached because he's lost the election. And when do these people think impeachment's appropriate? I understand they do if it's a Democrat in power, but, you know, that's, of course, not what the Constitution says. And I thought today Representative Steny Hoyer gave a great answer to that. He said, look, is there a little time left? Yes but it's never too late to do the right thing. And then finally, we heard the argument, which we've talked about before, about unity, that this is going to divide the country and so on, and that the Democrats are on some sort of mission to get Trump. Look, the Democrats are, do you think they really want to spend another minute talking about Donald Trump or his incitement or anything? Of course not. They've just won all, you know, the, all the branches of government, you know, the two houses and the presidency. They want to talk about COVID, the environment, global warming, the economy, small business relief, you know, minimum wage and so on, healthcare. Not this, you know, and the people who are saying this, like Jim Jordan, give me a break. I mean, these are the people we're supposed to take unity lessons from. I mean, I guess we could have consulted Senator Joe McCarthy on how to rebuild the First Amendment in the 1950s. But isn't he kind of the last guy? Like, really, the last guy? These people have forfeited their rights to talk about unity. They've spent the last two months doing nothing but claiming that there was election fraud and perpetrating this hoax. Now, look, you want to talk about unity? This was simple. Our Capitol was attacked. Our Speaker's podium stolen. The floor of Congress defiled. And most of all, blood was shed. You want to talk about unity? That's easy. So easy. Unity over impeaching this monster. How can we not agree on something this basic for someone who did this, who supported this, and then after it was over, gave a speech saying he loves them. I mean, the Jim Jordans of the world are right about one thing. We have a golden chance to build unity. That's what impeachment and conviction is all about. So 
Um, one other thing I do want to talk about here is the timing, because, you know, Senator McConnell has said today that he is not going to call the Senate back before January 19th because they're on vacation and we can't interrupt their vacation. Of course, the same guy who would have interrupted anyone's vacation if there was a Supreme Court nominee he could jam through or something. But he's saying, I'm not going to do that here. And so the trial will start on January 19th instead of starting effectively tomorrow. Now, there's all sorts of bad things to be said about this, but I actually think if you're Donald Trump, this is very bad for you. I'm here putting on my lawyer hat and asking, you know, one of the things we say to our clients that we think about right away is, do you want to go fast or do you want to go slow? And sometimes going fast is the right solution. Here, I think it is for Trump. Going long is bad for him for three reasons. One, there's more time for more evidence to be found against him. And look, that's not hard to generate, I mean, to, to find when you're, when you see Donald Trump. Um, you know, he is a evidence, uh, mis generating machine against him. I mean, just every time he opens his mouth. So that's number one. Number two, it becomes more, it's, if it goes longer, it's more time where he's powerless, where he's not the president and more time for people to be less scared of him and his retaliation and so on. And third, of course, it's more time for Donald Trump to act and say seditious things. And look, if you think about it, the Democrats are like, unlikely to change in the Senate. They're quite unified. They're horrified by this sort of activity. So it's only Republicans who might change their votes and likely only in the direction of more people to convict him. And so for that reason, I think it's actually a pretty dangerous thing for Donald Trump to have this trial goes go long. So in the end today, I do think today was a good day. And the good news here is that Donald Trump was impeached. The bad news, 197 Republicans thought that what Donald Trump did in inciting the violence was okay. It's not okay. Who are these people? So craven by a lust for power they throw out their most basic humanity, their most basic decency, their most basic respect for the Constitution and laws of the United States. I mean, it's a good thing that Donald Trump didn't actually shoot someone on Fifth Avenue. Otherwise, those 197 Republicans would probably be talking about debating or contemplating opening debate in consideration of a motion to maybe possibly have a censure. Well, my hope is that the U.S. Senate is going to do a lot better at the trial than the House did today. But the House did enough. Tomorrow, we'll get into that in the Senate and why former presidents can be tried in the Senate after they leave office. I'll see you then.